Hi, folks. This is Brad Bright, and this is the God is the Issue podcast, where we show how God is the issue in every issue. As we celebrate Father's Day this year, I am acutely aware that parents are under attack. Last week, the White House released a video celebrating Pride Month. They might as well have called it Groomer Month because the video used the phrase, they are our children. In other words, they're not your children. Folks, your children do not belong to the government. Your children do not belong to the LBGTQ. Your children don't belong to your neighbor. Your children don't even belong to your pastor. God gave your children to you. Every parent should be alarmed because they're coming for our sons and our daughters. We must fight to hold on to our God-given right to be the parents of our children. However, as I look at our culture and the, the harsh reality is, there's another even more important battle that we are losing, and we're losing it badly, folks. Let me ask you, how are you doing at parenting and grandparenting? Are you engaging daily with your kids? Are you listening carefully? Are you leading them? Are you simply keeping your fingers crossed and, and hoping for the best? We must absolutely fight to hold on to the right to parent our children, but we must work even harder to guide, mold, and nurture them. In my growing up years were, were far from normal. Due to my dad's travel schedule, I mean, he traveled 80% of the time, and the enormity of his job, my parents had to be creative in their parenting. There is no such thing as one-size-fits-all parenting. However, my parents were committed to parenting us well. I, I probably have a 1,000 postcards from all my growing up years that my dad sent me from all over the globe. And every one of those cards was signed, Love, Daddy. Do you know the impact that makes on a young, young boy growing up? Love, Daddy. But you know what was even more important? I realize now that my dad intentionally wove foundational lessons into my life, and they influence everything I do to this day. So what did my dad teach me? Well, let me tell you a few stories. Father's Day 20 years ago. I gave my dad the final manuscript of my, of my book, God is the Issue. It was the best gift I ever gave him. It was also the last gift I ever gave him. He died a month later. I was eager to give it to him because I had dedicated it to him. But, you know, I remember the first time I let him read one of, one of the earlier manuscripts, and, and he asked, where did you learn to write? <laughs> I chuckled, and I said, in, in college. But I was beaming inside. You know why? Because what I realized he had just said is, Brad, you're a really good writer. Where did you learn to write? My dad was impressed with me. Folks, that's big for every young man. You know, he had always told me that if I learned to write and, and speak well, that I could do anything I wanted to in life, and I took him seriously. You know, however, later in that conversation, he then started proceeded to ask me, you know, what does this word mean? And what about this word? And what about this word and this word and this word? And, and, and I, would, I would tell him what it meant. Finally, about the fourth or fifth time he asked that, I said, Dad, you know what these words mean. Why are you asking me what they mean? And I don't remember his exact words, but here's pretty much what he said to me. He said, you know what? Are you writing to impress people or are you writing to communicate? He said, if you want to impress people, use big words. 
But if you want to communicate, use words that people use in their everyday lives. You see, my dad wrote over 100 books and booklets in his lifetime. He probably gave 10,000 speeches in his lifetime. He had gone to seminary. He knew all the big words. But he tried to write as he said so that a fifth grader could understand what he was saying. That day, he taught me the difference between writing and communicating. But you know what? He was also the one who taught me that God really is the issue in every issue. I I remember as I grew into my teen years, my dad started correcting my behavior less and less and less. And what I started hearing more is my dad said, I I don't don't care what you do with your life if you choose to dig ditches or if you become the president of the United States. What I care about is that you learn to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now then, we lived in a fishbowl, so that was not just a throwaway statement. When my brother or I, or I made, made bad decisions, they are often very, very public, and they reflected on my parents. So it was incredibly freeing for me to hear those words from my dad on numerous occasions. See, because unlike everybody else who was looking in from the outside, he looked past my behavior to my heart, and he, even though there was plenty of my behavior he, behavior he could have critiqued. See, he always encouraged me to be my best, but he never pressured me. He was always very supportive, even when I told him I wanted to go into politics. Now, I'm sure he was thinking to himself, he was clicking off all the reasons why that was a bad idea, but he never said it. You see, he focused on who I would choose to follow, not what I would choose to do. He knew that eventually if I learned to follow Jesus closely, that everything else would fall into place. You know, I spent a number of years ministering to college students up at the University of Washington in Seattle, and I often told them, look, if I see questionable behavior in your life, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the behavior. What we're going to talk about is what's going on inside here that's driving the bad behavior. Where do you think I learned that? I learned that from my dad. See, my, my dad knew that God was the issue, and he lived it out in a thousand different ways. I, I remember after he read the manuscript for my book the first time, he asked, where did you learn this? And I looked him straight in the eye, and I said, where do you think I learned it? You see, I had watched him for years, and it wasn't so much his words as his behavior, as his actions that convinced me that God is the issue. You see, you can dismiss your father's words, but you can't dismiss his life. See, I saw him cry real tears over people who rejected Jesus. I saw him fast one day a week and give the money that he saved to help feed the poor. I saw him fast 40 days on seven different occasions. But you know what I really saw that made an impression that I've never forgotten? I saw how he loved my mother. Now, for, for those of you who, know who, my mom, who knew my mom, she was a very, very strong woman. woman. You know I speak the truth. But you know she was a wonderful person. She was extremely loyal, and she was his greatest cheerleader. But she wasn't perfect. And, of course, none of us are. But I remember one time when I was frustrated with my mom, and I went and talked talk to my dad about it later, and my dad just calmly said to me, look, your mom can be as strong as horseradish. And if it wasn't for the spirit-filled life, there would have been no hope for this marriage. But you know what? He learned to love my mom well. 
He often came through the front door in the, in the evening, just trumpeting out, my love, my love, my love. And the times that I was with my mom when he came through the door, I could just see her heart melt. She would just beam. You see, God was at the center of everything my dad said and did. He was at the center of our family. He was at the center of their marriage. The first and last thing my dad did every day was to get on his knees. My dad traveled about 80% of the time for, for probably 50 years. And he traveled to tell everyone he would listen about the love of Jesus. You know, after college, I decided I wanted to spend some time with my dad. So I decided, well, I'll just travel with him. I'll carry his bags. I'll run his schedule for him. And that's what I did. For 18 months, I did that. They were phenomenal months of my life. 18 months that I will never forget. I never worked harder but I had a blast with my dad. I remember one night after he had finished speaking, uh, he came down from the podium and, and people lined up to talk with him. And one of the guys came up to him and said, Dr. Bright, you must love to travel because you, you travel so much. <laughs> my, my dad responded with his dry sense of humor. He said, well, by that rationale, the apostle Paul must have loved being in prison because he spent a lot of time there. But then he got serious and he said, it's the love of Christ that constrains me. You know, another time my dad and I were chatting, he made a comment that I have never forgotten. He said, I probably naturally enjoy about 5% of what I do. And I do the other 95% in order to do the 5%. You know, I am sorry to this day that I never asked him what that 5% was. Because for the life of me, I don't know what it was. I don't have a clue. Because he seemed to enjoy everything he did. He never complained. He didn't even complain the last two, three years of his life when he was dying of pulmonary fibrosis. I would ask him, Dad, how are you doing? And he'd always say, I'm rejoicing in the Lord. Why? Because the love of Christ constrained him. Now then, I was the active child. I was the youngest child. I was the active child. As my mom said, she she used to call me her energetic child. Now then, I heard more than once over the years My parents would say, you know, your your brother was such a well-behaved child, and and then you came along. But you know what? In all my growing up years, I never heard my dad raise his voice in anger at me. Now, lest you think he was passive, he was not. He had a razor strap, and my hindquarters were well well acquainted with that razor strap. I knew that if I, I talked back to my mother or I lied, there were going to be real consequences. But you know what, folks? He he never disciplined me out of anger. He always disciplined me out of love, just like God does with us. About a year after my dad died, I was in Dallas, and I was having lunch with a friend, uh, a gal who who had been a friend of my dad's as well, who who, who had been around since before I was born. And I told her this story, and I, I told her my dad had never disciplined me out of anger. And she leaned forward. She looked me straight in the eye and she said, Brad, you need to understand something. Your dad wasn't always that way. And I went, yes, there's hope for me. But the point is, the love of Christ not only constrained him, but it changed him. I seek to follow God today, not because of my dad's words, but because of his life. My dad taught me that God is the issue in every issue by the life he lived every day. So my friends, let's fight for our God-given right to parent our kids. But never forget to fight every day for the time to parent your children well. 
Fight for the time to pray for them. Fight for the time to develop your own relationship with God so you can model for them what it looks like to make God the issue in your own life. Show your kids that God is the issue in every area of your life. Now, if you need a tool to help you do that, Kathy and I wrote a family devotional. It's called Because God is Awesome. And it's to help parents just like you to have conversations with their kids about who is God and why does it matter in your life today. You can order a copy at brightmedia.org. That's brightmedia.org. And never forget, God is the issue in every issue. And, and to all of you dads out there, happy Father's Day, especially to those of you who are currently actively parenting either young children or teenagers. If this podcast has been of help to you, please like it, subscribe to it, follow it, or share it. It really does help us get the message out.